Welcome to the Aquarimax Audio Show with Russ and Kim. We provide information on all kinds of aquarium-related topics. This is episode 319, recorded January 17, 2017. Greetings, Aquarimaxers. You may have noticed a different voice today. Hi. That's Laurelyn. Our daughter is helping out today. Kelly can't make it today, so Laurelyn is filling in. So thank you for joining us today, Laurelyn. It's going to be a fairly short podcast today, but we would like to officially welcome you to the first podcast in 2017 in which uh, we're recording in 2017, because the other ones were pre-recorded. Ta-da! And uh, we hope you enjoyed the uh, four interviews that uh, started in December and uh, ended last week. We really did, and uh, they were really fun to do, so I hope you enjoyed them, and if you have any thoughts or um, anything you'd like to share about those, we would welcome your comments. Well, today we only have a few things on my end, and then we have some messages from Scott in Texas. So, um, first of all, I'd like to give a little bit of feedback on, um, not feedback, a little bit of an update on our multi-tanks. Um, the multi-tank is doing really well, and at least, there are at least 11 fry in there of different ages, probably more. I think there are probably five cohorts of fry or something like that. An interesting thing that I did uh, during this uh, break since we last talked to you is, uh, well, basically I put my macro lens on my phone and shot um, some footage of the Maltese from underneath the tank. And if you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, you may have already seen that. But it was kind of fun because the uh, tank, the way that particular tank is set up, there's a gap that's big enough under the tank and it's just a frame, metal frame stand, so there's nothing to prevent you from looking directly under the tank. and these macro shots of the fry turned out pretty cool. So um, maybe you should check that out. Um, it turns out that the fry in the main tank, I've talked about the balloon molly, the, not the balloon molly, but the balloon multi that has, seems to have the same kind of structural issues as a balloon molly does, that showed up and I removed it from the tank because I didn't want that trait in my main tank, but it turns out that it's already there because a few of the fry are showing it. So undoubtedly that means the parents of those fry are heterozygous for the trait. So I'm not going to get it out of my tank that easily. It's going to be tricky. So what I'm going to try to do is just over the generations remove the ones that show the trait and pay attention to how the fryer produce and try to figure out which parents are heterozygous and focus on breeding from those and eventually, or not heterozygous, uh, homozygous uh, for not having the trait and then um, basically weed it out eventually. It's going to be tricky. It's going to take me a while. Um, I ended up buying a 29 gallon because I had the 29-gallon from when the goldfish had the leak that I had bought secondhand, but it turns out it's got just enough hard water stains on it. It's almost not noticeable when there's water in the tank, but it's noticeable enough that if I'm going to be taking video of that tank, which I want to do, I really can't. So, dollar gallon sale at Petco helped us out, and I bought a tank for that, and that tank is now cycling, and the other one is now for sale. In fact, someone's probably going to pick it up tonight. Uh, I got a heater for it from Doctors Foster and Smith. It turned out to be to run really hot, even though I tried to recalibrate it. So this is a cool thing, kind of a plug for Doctors Foster and Smith, I guess. Um, I contacted them about what was going on, and no questions asked. I didn't have to ship the old heater back or anything. They're just shipping out a new heater. Boom! So it's on its way. Excited about that. I also got some local lace rock. There's a place a couple hours from here where you can collect a lot of lace rock and so a guy who's in the same city that we are in 
had loads of it and sold me about $60 worth of it for 20 bucks. So I got a good deal. Um, specifically for the julitochromostane, Kelly and I picked out some pieces that look like they'll be uh, really good for julitochromos, low-lying flat caves. So um, that'll be fun. And those of you who watch my YouTube channel, thank you very much for doing that. I'm almost at 1 million views. Will be very soon. I expect by the end of the month I'll either be there or very close. So thanks for watching for those of you who uh, watch the YouTube channel. So now Laurelyn's going to help me as we hear from Scott in Texas. Scott says, I've heard Russ talk about Opaiula shrimp in the past and just saw his YouTube video on them. More importantly, I just came into possession of a little five-gallon desktop aquarium. So guess who's about to start some new fun in 2017? So that's really cool. And uh, that was his first message. And that was exciting because I love it when people play with Opaiula because they're one of my favorite shrimp. And then I said, you know, um, this was on Facebook when he sent this. Uh, so I asked Kelly to send him a message and say, oh, um, here's the email, send us an email directly and we'll respond to you. He also says, hello, thank you for being willing to help me out with my new project. I really appreciate it. I just have one question, then I will be planning to do it. Have you had any success with plants in brackish water? I have planned to slowly accumulate some over oh, the course slowly of... slowly acclimate, sorry. Oh, sorry. Some over the course of a couple of weeks. I've read that Java ferns, some Anubias, and Crips can thrive in brackish water, but I don't want to overcomplicate this tank. Again, thank you. It'll be some time before I'm ready for animals, but this will help in planning for the setup. Okay, great question, Scott, and thank you for reading those, Laurelyn. Uh, in the t level of brackish water in which I tend to keep Opaiula now, those plants will not um, do very well. In fact, they will almost certainly die, and if they don't, they won't grow much at all. Uh, because I keep them at like 50% salt water, 50% strength of full seawater, um, or one-to-one -one dilution if you want to put it another way. And none of those plants will really do well in that. Some of them may die. Uh, you can keep Opaiula at lower salinities, but I have seen them just, they seem to do better at 50% salinity. They breed like crazy. They seem really happy. And so... I haven't been keeping those types of plants. Um, the only plants I've been keeping are microalgaes. Yeah, that's it. There's a specific microalgae that I've been working with. I may have mentioned it on the podcast a while ago. It grows, it's like uh, marimo moss balls, but mini. It's a mini uh, ball. It doesn't get much bigger than, say, a malted milk ball or something. And I've been working with that. Um, that those are sold by uh, PetShrimp.com. And I purchased one of those, and it seems to be reproducing very, very slowly. It grows extremely slowly. It reproduces very, very slowly. But I've seen as many as four tiny little moss balls in the tank. So those, those are the only ones I really played with. I've thought about experimenting with some of the other um, ketomorpha types that can grow in uh, a dilute, um, you know, brackish water situation. There's one that uh, PetShrimp.com sells, but I haven't experimented with it, but I've thought about it. Those are the only ones I've really done a whole lot with successfully. In the past, I've tried a few Java moss, Java fern, and things like that without any success, really. They survive for a while, but they don't really do well, and that was when I was doing even lower salinity than I am now. Um, so I would say, plant-wise, stick with the algaes that have um, been seen to do well, and uh, you'll the plants will, will be happier. And... Uh, but congratulations for deciding to go with Opaiola. They're so easy and so fun. 
um, it's rare when I walk into my office now and look into the 10-gallon opaula tank when I do not see 20, 30 baby opaula floating in the water column or more, and then tons of you know juveniles in various stages. And I don't know how many hundreds are in that tank. I would guess more than 300. Um, I think I started out with probably about a, uh, I don't know, 50 in that tank, maybe 60, 65, something like that. And now they're well over 300, it, probably. A conservative estimate would be 300. So tank's doing really well. All right, well, um, that's just about all for this week. I would like to let you know we have another interview set up for next week. Uh, not next week. Another interview we're going to record this week is going to come up, come out next month, at the beginning of the month. Um, so that'll be fun. I won't um, tell you a whole lot about it, except uh, it should be interesting. And looking forward to it. And to ask you if any of you are interested in doing an interview with us. It's not that hard to do. Uh, we have a way to do it that it doesn't cost you anything. Even most international calls don't cost anything. So if you're international, um, the main hurdle is getting over the, uh, you know, figuring out the time difference and the time when we can do it. Um, if you are closer time-wise, it's even easier. But in general, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, it's a free call as long as you have, you know, a phone that you can make free calls from, uh, if you're not paying for minutes. Um, and it, we send you some questions that we're going to think about and discuss, and of course it's a conversation, so other questions come up, but it's, it's pretty fun to do, it doesn't take a long time, and then people, I can guarantee you there are people who are interested in hearing about what you're doing, whether it's a project with a certain type of tank you're setting up, or a species profile for something we haven't really talked about the podcast because we don't have experience with it, or whatever, um, I guarantee you that there are lots and lots of Aquarimax listeners that would love to hear about it, even if to you it seems kind of old hat because that's what you've been doing. So um, we would love to hear about that if you are interested, and we'd love to set something up with you. So, Laurelyn, thank you again for joining us. Thanks for letting me be on. And will you help me as we say the traditional thing? Sure. At the end? Okay, here we go. May the fish be with you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Aquarimax Audio. For additional episodes, please visit Aquarimax.com. To leave comments or questions that could be featured on an upcoming podcast, leave a message at 801 477 or email us at info at aquarimax.com.